Hey guys, welcome back to the 17X podcast series where we chat with amazing business owners, entrepreneurs and visionaries on how they're using their business as a force for good in the world. We're aligned with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, the 17 global goals that we must achieve for the 2030 agenda as set out by the United Nations in 2015. If you love what you hear on this podcast, you'll be truly inspired by our 17X Turing speaking event that's coming to 12 different events in 2020 across all capital cities in Australia. Jump over to our website, 17sdg.com, that's 17 the word, to find out when we're coming to your city and who we're bringing with us. But for now, thanks so much for tuning in and be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening so you're up to date with our future interviews. Hey there, welcome to today's episode. Um, interesting conversation today with a true expert in his field. We welcome Dr. Marcus Kersia to the show, uh, who heads up Third Eye Management, a company that he founded a little over two years ago in Brisbane that exists to improve organizational decision-making by simplifying and communicating complex social perspectives. In his words, Third Eye Management helps organizations align with the Sustainable Development Goals and communicate their impact and how their actions create outcomes. He says that he puts the voice of community and other stakeholder groups into the heart of decision making as he measures, simplifies and communicates complex social perspectives so that organizations can develop a socially responsible strategy, achieve greater outcomes and of course support the SDGs. He's a PhD qualified expert from here in Australia, although originally from the US. Now calling Brisbane home, I found this a really easy conversation to follow and very interesting to chat with someone looking at the SDGs and their engagement in a unique and different way. So I really hope you enjoy the show and thanks again for listening. Welcome uh, to the show, Marcus Kersia. Great to have you here, mate. Hi, Meg. Thanks for having me. Really, really appreciate the opportunity. It's, uh, we always like to start with a little bit of an icebreaker. So um, uh, I'd love to find out what people have been up to uh, in, in recent times. So what's been the highlight for you this year in 2020? It's been an interesting year for everybody. But um, yeah, what's been the highlight for you so far in this year? Oh, the highlight this year, uh, lots of highlights. But I, I, you know, I think just, you know, COVID's on a lot of people's mind. And um, just to bring out a positive, I think that it's uh, fortunate that uh, I've really been able to cut back on all the um, uh, commuting times, which has resulted in a cutback in pollution and, and all those resources. So on the upside, as, as many um, you know, detriments as there are to COVID, I just wanted to, I thought I'd just mention that as one of the yeah. benefits. Yeah, for sure. I think um, the, uh, there's been a, a few reports coming out uh, off the back of this about how the, the earth and, and, you know, mother nature is actually benefiting from us all staying at home. So um, there's uh, there's no doubt lots of, um, lots of experiences like that happening around the place. Um, so mate, uh, before we get into finding out more about what you're up to with third eye management and, and, and your company at the moment, um, can you give us say, you know, a three to five minute snapshot on your, your origin story, your, your professional journey up to, up to now? Yeah, great. Uh, thanks for asking. So, I guess really, um, you know, as you may have been able to tell from my accent, I'm from the U.S., from Pennsylvania. And uh, so I had originally come to Australia back in 2000 and, 
2005. And I came here for a master's degree at the University of Queensland, studying international travel and tourism. I went back to the U.S. I got a job in uh, casino development and uh, you know, worked with some, some larger players, such as, you know, uh, MGM and Trump. Never dealt with Trump personally, but uh, his, his casino brand. And uh, unfortunately, the global financial crisis came. And so I uh, was left out of a job and I really started to evaluate, you know, what I was doing and, and what mattered to me, uh, you know, coming from a rel relatively grassroots community, um, you know, it was traditionally coal mining and, and steel mills and so forth. And now I was dealing in, you know, with the casino development, I really started to consider, you know, what is important. So uh, and what, what emerged was really that, that community aspect and my involvement with community and, and what that meant to me and, and wanting to create social impact, wanting to, to give back, create benefits for those less fortunate, for those who haven't had the opportunities such as myself. And so that led me back here to Australia, where I pursued a PhD in conflict management during community-based tourism. And so I realized that's a mouthful, but what that really, what that really means is, is that I was trying to assist stakeholder groups with, um, you know, managing conflict and managing, you know, implementing tourism and working together and collaborating and building capacity much better, right? I mean, it's, as we all know, as we've worked in this sustainability landscape is that working with stakeholder groups, um, you know, both internally and externally within your own group or and others um, causes, causes a lot of issues and challenges. And so I, I sought to make that a better place, a, a better environment. And so I, I was rel relatively successful. I had come up with a, a model that I tested in, in 22 countries, both, um, you know, developed countries such as Australia and the U.S., Canada, but also in emerging countries such as you know, Malaysia and, and Tanzania and, and, and so forth and, and places all across the world. So after that, I then, um, what did I do next? I then went to the Solomon Islands and I was a international consultant over there for some environmental and, and community tourism initiatives. Uh, from there, I got a position as a state manager for United Way, which is uh, actually the world's largest nonprofit organization. The in Australia, though, they're not as big. It's really the world's largest privately funded uh, nonprofit because of their presence in the U.S., but from, in Australia, they're still rather um, still emerging. And so that was, I had that rule for a while, and then once they consolidated to have all their operations in, in Sydney, I was left up here in Queensland without a position, so I decided to apply that model from my PhD to, to my own business. And so I started then both a consulting uh, consultancy firm branch and also a software as a service um, so, you know development of a software as a service branch to my to my own business and so that's what sort of brought me to meet you and then brought me to this interview and um, I look forward to elaborating on that a little bit more yeah that's awesome what an adventure hey and uh, hey look I apologize for not uh, in in uh, announcing you as dr. Marcus uh, Curcia because uh, I I, I I know um, the amount of effort and the, and the um, professionalism that goes into doing a PhD needs to be 
recognised. So um, my bad on that one. <laughs> I know it probably doesn't bother you, but uh, I, no, not one bit. I watched my dad do a PhD, and there's a lot of work in it. So I take my hat off to you for sure. Um, oh, thank. I just want to say thank you, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of Americans like that doctor for their names. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. Uh, I do it for credibility, not for respect. <laughs> yeah, All right. Well, you get the respect anyway, man. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Um, yeah, so look, it sounds like you kind of, um, you know, I, I kind of felt like uh, the, the GFC being, I guess, your aha moment to start questioning, you know, what's important coming away from the casino game and the, that, that kind of development, big industry, um, you know, moving away from the dark force, so to speak. And, um, and uh, it sounds like that was your, really your aha moment to, to take a look at, yeah, what's important for you. And I love the idea that you landed on community because particularly coming from a grassroots, you know, I come from a small country town as well. And I think um, community is just so important when you're looking at wanting to make huge change and, and starting small with the community that you're engaged with. So uh, I love it. Um, can you tell us a bit about third eye management? What are you up to? You want to, I guess, give us your, uh, your pitch on what it's all about. Yeah, great. I mean, look, it's our why at the end of the day comes back to community. You know, you just you just touched upon that. And our why is about placing community input into the heart of decision making. You know, that's that's really the foundation of everything that we do. Uh, and I'll and I'll emphasize, you know, get into a few of the other things. But that's that's really with that in mind, we've been able to set up several services right? from you know conflict management, which I mentioned earlier to uh you know decision making to a tra tracing accountability tracking accountability showing trans or sorry showing uh accountability tracing transparency or i think i got that mixed up sorry about that um but the you know we have a lot of different services that are all based off of um an evolution of that model i had talked to you about previously and so what we do and what and, and to order to put that community input into the heart of decision making, what we do is turn qualitative data into quantitative uh, insight. And so we get that really rich, in-depth detail that community members uh, or their or you know stakeholder group affiliates want to describe. You know, traditionally. Uh, especially professionally, a lot of research is done quantitatively. You know, it's that tick the box or that, you know, sliding scale or this sort of, um, you, know, best multi, you know, best choice sort of approach. But what we do is we really emphasize the need for that in-depth, uh, detailed information. Then what we do is we thematically code it and run it through uh, an evolution of that model I described earlier, which is able to give us these really in-depth insights. From there, we then, I actually have um, a patent here in Australia, and we run it through a whole lot of proprietary processes, which really, in, in essence, means that, you know, we, we have these um, uh, patented algorithms to, to do all these in-depth calculations, and, and really demonstrate these relationships, these, these interactions between various data points. Now that all sounds very technical, but what it really means is that we're able to really take that in-depth data and present it to other stakeholder groups to improve communication and to improve collaboration. So, you know, again, with that community as our focal point, we say, okay, well, how can we then look at you know, other stakeholder groups. What stakeholder groups are they working with? Are they working with industry representatives? 
or are they working with government? Okay, great. Let's go ahead and collect data off all of them, run it through our process, and then present on, on these interactive dashboards or these you know, static dashboards, these uh, insights that, that reveal you know, exactly what is going on within that, you know, that geographic reference. And so utilizing that, the, the stakeholder groups are then able to sort of um, communicate better and collaborate better. And because really what happens is uh, when you've worked with these other stakeholder groups, you understand that it, it is um, quite often you have these ideas and these, uh, there's a lot of sort of conflict that emerges. But really what's happening is, is there's a lot of shared opinion and a lot of things that are similar. So through our process, we're able to sort of eliminate that, that fuzziness, that, that cloud, and really just get right into the stuff that the commonality points and the ways that, um, that you know, that they can work together better. Yeah, sure. Sounds awesome. And how did how does all this stuff tie in with the global goals? Yeah, great question. So with that model that we were talking about, it's called the three I management model. Uh, the the patent is that we we actually are able to look at the sustainable development goals, the sustainable development targets, and the sustainable development goal indicators. Yeah. And so utilizing those, we then are able to measure social impact and or perspectives based off of each of those targets and or indicators. By gathering that data, we then run it through our process and it's able to show how that um, these stakeholder groups can work together for better outcomes, right? So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, pretty revealing. So you're touching, yeah, you're really talking about that impact map uh, measurement side of things. Um, which I feel is is the next um, the next opportunity, I guess, would be the right word around the global goals. Like I feel there's been great uptake, not as great as we'd like, but you know, great uptake since 2015 around. Yeah, yes, we need to. You know, the, everyone's kind of on board with the why. We know why we need to achieve these 17 goals, and and we know a little bit about how we're going to do it, and people are working towards that. Um, and I've quite, you know, I think the measurement of, of, of implementation is, is, is really the last gap. And it sounds like you're feeling that. Yeah, it's, look, there's, that's, and that's the issue, right? Is that a lot of times um, community hasn't been consulted. It's been traditionally yeah. a top-down approach. Yeah. Um, and we're still seeing it. Like, so what we do is, is we get the input from, yes, the community, but also the people that have the funding, the, the intermediaries. Uh, and, and then we help with that communication between the community and the intermediaries and the collaboration. So that way we can actually have better results, better income, better impact. I'm sorry. Yeah, sure. And I, can you give us an example of some of the outcomes that you've seen? Um, obviously, you can't go into detail about the specifics of your clients um, for privacy, et cetera, but is there any, any particular trends or, or, or great outcomes that you have seen uh, in, in terms of impact measurement, even at a community level? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that I think the, the most revealing aspect of, of the work that we do and you sort of touched upon it by saying aha it's these aha moments because when we think about conflict right if, if you start to have some issues or challenges with another stakeholder group you automatically put up a barrier yeah. right and so 
what our work does is it drops that barrier because we, we streamline our process. So it's done online, it's done via email, it's done via websites. And so no, you're not sitting there in this giant community meeting with the loudest voice looking over you. You're not surrounded by conflict. You do it in the privacy of your own home or while you're riding the bus or the train. Yeah. And, and then we put process the results and then give it back to the, the community groups or the stakeholder groups, the client, whoever, to then share this. And, and so that's the aha moment of, wait a second, these guys aren't so different than, than us. Yeah. They actually want the same things that we do. Once we drop these barriers, we're now actually to see that, look, this is, this is the, they, you know, 90% of the things that we're asking for is what they want. We just need to go about it in a way that, that appreciates their cultural needs, for example. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I love, I just love that. Like when you're talking about conflict management and, you know, quite often you have people, you know, in, in, I'm thinking of how this can apply and our listeners that are, you know, small business owners, they're running teams and, and they have, you know, um, internal and external kind of stakeholder relationships that they're trying to manage and, and you know, conflict management comes up time and time again. And it's quite often, is, you're, you're right, it's this communication barrier. We both want the same thing. We're just speaking about it in different ways. <laughs> and when you come back to the, you know, the, the, uh, the logical standpoints and it's quite often you go, oh, actually, yeah, we're on the same page. We're just talking about it differently and i can even see this in relationships <laughs> i love it <laughs> yeah i don't do relationships but i do, do small businesses right? yeah, yeah. no counseling um <laughs> so look you know I've, i love the idea of this this impact measurement because i'm a i'm a data nut I, I you know in my consulting work when i when i do work with smes it's i really do funnel back to the numbers tell the story and they help us make the right decisions and you know knowing and how we can kind of measure our outcomes is really important. Um, what do you think? What do you think are the opportunities for us with these global goals over the next ten years? You know, we've got ten years to go. Um, thinking about it, a, a business context, um, what are some of the opportunities that we can create through understanding, you know, the impact that we're creating? Yeah, look, great question, and I and I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head. Is that quite often right? It's, it's, it's viewed from my experience. It's, it's viewed as this thing that governments or the large businesses with all the money have to account for, right? But let's face it, 90% of businesses are, or 90% of the workforce is small to medium-sized businesses, right? So that, that's a very significant factor because if we really want to achieve these goals, and this is, this is a fact that, that you can read across a lot of impact investing, um, uh, literature and so forth is that we can't rely on government money we really need to rely on on private uh, money to really make a difference and so yeah. where does that start it starts with corporate social responsibility right like so what we need is these small businesses to say to understand it's not as difficult cult as it looks you know we we are actually able to help them understand their market better and understand how they can align their own product with the um with the needs of the ghouls how that relates to csr how that relates to the communities that they work in how it relates to all of these various stakeholder groups right and and look it's not just about you know third eye management's work it's about you know people realizing that look that we're all in this together and that by by dropping these barriers by identifying you know, what we do best, 
right? So if you're a small and medium-sized business owner, what are the things that you're doing right now that equals up to one of those sustainable development goal targets, right? And, or what is it that your community needs that you can supply them, right? So you're already paying taxes, you're already doing all this other stuff, you're already trying to get greater market share. Let's pull all this stuff together, right? It's, it, I know it sounds complicated, you're already managing budgets, you're already managing this, you're already managing that, you're managing your home life, but it, it, you know, there are people out there who are willing to help, uh, and I think that's the thing, it's finding the, the authentic individuals who are willing to put up their hand and, and say, look, if you need some assistance, if you need some info, I'm here for you. And so I've touched on a lot of points there and maybe didn't elaborate on them a whole lot, but I think it's, again, about sort of that understanding that by knowing your business and knowing the communities that you work in and the communities that you serve, you can find the answers that will serve the, the sustain, sustainable development goal agenda. Yeah, I, know, I, I love the point you make. You know, it's, it's before, uh, before you start worrying about, you know, the global aspect of these goals, it's let's, let's shop local first, right? Let's look at what we can create locally within our own system, within our own business, within our own community. Let's look at the things that we're currently doing that actually already speak to some of these goals um, in a small way and, and the changes and, and, you know, the little differences that we can make in our communities, in our business, you know, in our own backyard will are the first steps that track towards, you know, great and, and bigger change. And, and like you say, 90% of the businesses around the place are small, small to medium businesses. And I, and I guess if we're all doing little bits, then it's, you know, the snowball effect will kick in. Um, mm. And I love the idea of, you know, starting, starting local and looking within what is, what is that instead of saying things like, and I, I think this is a great point that you're kind of making is, is rather than I'm just a small business, what can I actually do? I can't actually impact some of these massive challenges that are, that are outlined in these goals. Is well, what I am a, I am a small business. I am agile. What what are the small things that I can actually create? Um, you know, some change in that will make a bigger difference in the world over time. You know, I love that point that you make. Um, really, really great. Yeah, I mean it's. <sighs> I, and again, I think it, it starts in community, right? Like we all, we want, no matter, you know, your business operates in a community. You serve a community, you know? And so making that connection is, is really sort of, you know, the bridge, you know, that these small and medium-sized enterprises need to be the bridge. And again, you know, unfortunately, and I just read the statistics the other day, it's still, you know, when we talk about impact investing and, and we look at, you know, what, how much investment or really have that sort of ESG focus. Um, it's still rather minute in the overall scale of, of finance. Right. I mean, we're talking like 6%, definitely not more than 10. Um, but I think it's really only around four or six still is, is considered, you know, ESG. And, and then when you talk about that, we're also thinking about, you know, what is impact washing, what is false reporting? And that's a whole nother probably podcast, but I, I think that it's the small and medium size that, uh, business owners who could say, look, we could start making a difference. If we start making a difference, then we'll start putting the pressures on our community, on the bigger players, and then they'll start, you know, the ball will start rolling at a, at a greater momentum and so forth. Yeah, sure. No, I love it. Um, so I guess on the flip side, what do you think are the big roadblocks that are facing the global goals right now in the business community? Yeah, um, you know, I, well, look, I'm going to... I'm going to go back to what I was just talking about and talk about that impact washing piece. Right. And so 
I think that that's, that's huge. I mean, they, there's just a study that was released about a month ago around, um, by the, again, the Global Impact Investing Network. And still over, according to their survey, of course, they, they were saying that approximately 50% of impact investors still consider uh, impact washing or false reporting to be the major challenge uh, in the industry. Additionally, they want, they want to see the, the impact that they're making. They want, it's called attribution. And so they want to know about their social impact. However, there's not really a lot of tools out there that give them that, that attribution, right? And so they want to know, you know, if I'm putting money to a fund manager who's then going to give it to an investee, how are they going to play? How do we know that they're actually utilizing the best use of this finance, right? And yeah. so, you know, that's something that we were able to do at Third Eye Management. But, you know, just getting back to the, uh, to the point of the question is that that is a huge goal is that there's still too much dishonesty and there's still too much uh, trying to profit off of what's a good thing. And I think there needs to be more policing, more, more financial legislation. And, and really it, look, it's, it's, we have 10 years to achieve these goals. Not only that, but I mean, let's think about it. If we didn't even have the goals, let's think about the world we're leaving for our kids, the world that we're living in, you know, COVID-19, all these things. And, and it's really just time to wisen up. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Well, look, um, I guess just to change tack a little bit and, um, and to, I guess, delve into really your experience and, and what you, I guess, um, uh, what you do with Third Eye Management, let's, let's, uh, let's get some advice off you, hey? So um, I'm a small business owner. Um, I don't know where to start. Um, I, I, I know why I need to do some stuff. We're, we're doing a little bit around the global goals, but how do, what's, what's, I guess, three pieces of advice you'd give us for trying to measure our outcomes, um, and create, you know, effective change within our community. What are some uh, starting points you'd give us? Three points. Okay. First to measure first off, understand who your stakeholders are. Uh, and, and I think that that's, you know, what is your business and, and who, who is impacted by it, right? And so that's, in essence, your stakeholders. You know, who is it, you know, what community groups or is it a, is it a geo, you know, a location? Is it maybe a cultural group? What is your market? So forth. Um, so understand your stakeholders. And, and from there, understand how your product and or service is impacting them, right? And so if you understand your stakeholders and sort of like what their overall, um, you, you know, uh, placement, I suppose, is in, in, in sort of the overall scheme of things, understand how your product can make a difference in their lives, right? And, and align that with the, if you go down through the sustainable develop, development goal targets, um, I'm sure that you can find that there's something that you can do um, that you're doing that, that aligns with those needs. Um, from there, I think it's about understanding, look, you know, you're already um, trying, you know, you may have like a, a social responsibility agenda. If you don't, I would strongly advise it. You know, there's, there's a lot of evidence out there that how this has great return on investment, how this has really sort of um, brought in new markets, how, how it meets the demands of millennials and, and quite frankly, a lot of other markets. And, and understand that this is a great new um, point of differentiation that you can implement 
into your, you know, into your product or service. And then I think it's about, you know, you now understand your community and, and your stakeholders. You now understand, you know, your point of differentiation and your, and your social responsibility. And then it's about getting it out there and, and really starting to understand about what your, your stakeholders and or your community think about your, um, your authenticity. You know, you're now, it has to, you know, again, come off a bit authentic and, and you should be doing it for the right reasons, I hope. Um, but get some feedback, understand what they think about it, understand, you know, where, where it could be done better. And then, and look at it like a cyclical process, you know, look at it as this constant feedback loop of understanding your community and your stakeholders, understanding your product and how that aligns to, um, you know, uh, social responsibility or environmental responsibility, understanding how that returns on your financial um, return and then getting that feedback and, and, and having that happen again. I love it. I love the fact that you say, you know, get the feedback, talk to your community. Yeah. It's such a great, um, a great point to make, you know, we get, I, I have clients all the time trying to, trying to make guesses, you know, trying to guess the, the pivot or the change that they should make. And, and the first thing I say is look, talk to you, talk to your community, talk to your customers, find out, you know, ask them, let them tell you what's going on. You know, I love mm. it. Uh, well, there you go. Three, three, um, three great steps to um, to taking action. You know, connecting and understanding who are your stakeholders. Um, you know, how or are you actually impacting them? What is your social agenda? I think I love that. Um, and then communicating and feedback, mate. Excellent uh, advice. Thank you for sharing that. And then yeah. I guess step number five would be contact third eye management to come and analyze uh, <laughs> your impact measurement reports. <laughs> well, mate, yeah. Um, I mean, that- we're happy to just get questions, right? If you want to send us a question, you know, this isn't a sales thing. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'd love to get, if someone has a question about how to, as a scenario, they want to send me through in an email, I'm happy to, to yeah. send some advice. No, no way. Fire it off. Because, you know, like you say, you're connecting with people and getting feedback. I love it. Um, you, you need so- like-minded people. If you want to achieve the goals, stick with the like-minded people. Yeah, it's it. SDG 17. Let's all do this together. Um, got it. So look, my last question for you now, mate, before I let you go, um, uh, what, uh, what's on the horizon for third eye management, you know, next 12 months, what's it look like for you guys? Yeah, great. So as I, as I briefly just mentioned at the beginning of the interview was about the software as a service development. So we've, we've already tested our consultancy product and, and we've already, uh, we fine-tuned it and we have all these, um, you know, processes that we know will work on a very large scale. So in order to do that, we have to build a software as a service, uh, which is a, has a machine learning component that tries to replicate my brain. And so we've already tested it. It's working. It's amazing. And, and now we're uh, in the process of moving forward with that so that we could start doing not just councils or not just single businesses, but start doing countries and uh, international projects and so forth. So yeah. uh, that's, that's where we're headed and, and we're very excited about it. That sounds unreal. Maybe we need to do a, a 12-month follow-up and see how your SaaS program's going. Love it. <laughs> well, look, mate, it's, it's been a hugely insightful conversation. Um, you know, it's, it's terrific to chat with someone. I always love chatting with people that have the research and science to back up, you know, their position. Um, and I feel like we need more of humans like you that, um, you know, you've, you've done the time and the research to, to put yourself in the position that you're in. And I, and I absolutely love it. So thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your experience and some of that advice. Um, mate, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to get in touch? 
Uh, well, our website is at insightintoimpact.com.au. And you can email me personally, Marcus, at, uh, and then the email address is mc at insightintoimpact.com.au. And, and LinkedIn. You can find me on LinkedIn under Marcus, M-A-R-C-U-S, Curcia, C-U-R-C-I-J-A. And, and let me know that you uh, listen to this podcast, and, uh, and I'll try to work with you on, on a solution to one of your uh, small to medium-sized enterprises, um, you know, issues with, with, with the goals and so forth. So Yeah, no, I love it. Well, look, um, what we'll do is uh, I'll pop all those links in the footnotes to this episode. So if you want to get in touch with Marcus, just look down, scroll down to wherever you're listening and you'll see all those uh, contact info there. Um, but, mate, thank you uh, once again for your time. It's been an, uh, a really interesting conversation. I've, I've literally been taking notes myself on my own notepad here and um, I'm going to go away and do, do some... some uh, some of that kind of uh, ask some of those questions of myself and, and my business models around our stakeholders and who we're impacting and what our agendas are. I think it's time, you know, like you say, it's cyclical, you know, comes around, you need to keep looking at it. So um, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Mick. I really appreciate the time and the opportunity. And, and I, I just want to say thank you to all your listeners and uh, be, be good. Awesome. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Uh, that's it for another episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are tuned in to make sure that you stay up to date with our future episodes as we continue to interview social innovators and change makers using their business as a force for good in the world and getting us closer to the 2030 agenda for the UN Sustainable Development Goals. You can also stay up to date with our 17X speaking event that's touring the country later in 2020. Uh, jump onto our website, 17sdg.com. That's 17 the word. Uh, to find out when we're coming to your city. For now, thanks again for tuning in. Go and have a great day.